Last week, uh, there was a small story uh, where two people uh, were arrested by the FBI uh, on allegations they helped operate an illegal police station for the government of China in Lower Manhattan. Uh, according to the FBI, the um, individuals worked to establish the first overseas police station in the U.S. on behalf of the Fuxiao branch of the Ministry of Public Security. Now, two individuals uh, were arrested and charged. Now, you may recall, we've had a significant conversation in this country about uh, uh, police stations operated by the Chinese government in, in Toronto and in Vancouver as well. Now, within that New York complaint, uh, 34 other members of the Beijing Municipal Police Security Bureau were also charged. Now, one of them was Chen Zichen, a Chinese policewoman who was um, charged, obviously, with the uh, transnational repression. But we are told that uh, she received training in Canada a few years ago at the Justice Institute right here in BC. It's based in New Westminster, which is, of course, the main uh, training ground for our municipal police uh, uh, services here in our province. So if you're a VPD member, you probably go to the Justice Institute to get trained or any other municipal police force uh, as well. Now, when I read this story, it caught my attention because a few years ago, our next guest uh, did a series of stories on the Justice Institute and the fact that it was uh, had been had produced a training program for China's Public Security Bureau to the point uh, where it did make money for the Justice Institute as well. Joining me now is Graham Wood. He is a syndicated reporter for Glacier Media. Graham, thank you for joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's talk about this specific individual, first and foremost, uh, Chen Zichen. Uh, now, she, to my understanding, did uh, attend the Justice Institute for training? Yeah, I've got confirmation from the institute that she attended in 2017. Uh, she was an international student from the People's Public Security University of China. Um, she took a course in the Canadian justice system. Um, it was not part of the police academy, uh, but part of the academic programming that the institute had set up for uh over two dozen Chinese police academies between 2014 and 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, how did the, the, this program come about? Uh, what kind of things did they were these individuals taught? Um, so, with Chen, um, I believe a lot of them were were taught uh, about uh, the judicial system, how police operate in Canada. Um, but there was also an element of uh, uh, Vancouver Police Department uh, officers coming in to the Justice Institute and showing, uh, you know, the Chinese police cadets uh, use of force training, uh, various tactics in policing. So it was a broad spectrum of, of education and training. How many uh, members of law enforcement from China uh, uh, were trained by the Justice Institute here in B.C.? There were, by my count, I had to uh, count uh, going through the annual reports, there was over 2,000 uh, cadets who came, and also their, you know, their bosses as well, the people who ran these police academies uh, that were all under the thumb of the uh, 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 Chinese uh, police, uh, National Police Force, the Ministry of Public Security. Um, in total, over two dozen uh, institutes, colleges, police colleges from, from throughout the PRC uh, uh, attended JIBC in between 2014 and 2020 before it was shut down. Uh, how was it? So these recruits that come to the JI, mm-hmm. uh, who pays right. for this? Like, what is the JI paid to accept these students? 
yeah, they, they're paid. Uh, they took in $3.3 million um, throughout this time. Uh, that included $1 million to uh, re- pretty much um, refurbish the, res- the uh, dormitory in Chilliwack. So um, before COVID hit, before uh, the two bicycles incident uh, occurred, um, you know, it was a program that was uh, picking up steam. It was making money then for the Justice Institute, is what you're saying? Yes, absolutely, making money for them, yeah. So I wouldn't call it a cash cow, but it certainly, as you say, it was ramping up when it comes to revenue. And I think in, in your reports, I think the revenues went from 600000 in 2014 and $2.3 million by 2018. Um, I have... 3.3 total. 3.3. Okay, 3.3. Yeah. I'll go with yeah. it's your story. And, so, and uh, that's, um, you know, you have to factor in the fact that there's costs associated with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's not exactly that they're profiting. Uh, the, the issue uh, that that uh, that uh, arose is just more of a, of a moral one. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's where I was getting to here. At the end of the day, you have a one-party totalitarian state uh, that uh, uh, you know does not allow information to flow into into the country openly. It is a great firewall of China. It is known to repress its citizens, whether it's in uh, whether it be Uyghurs, whether it be Tibetans, whether it be own citizens. Uh, there, um, I guess it's a moral one. Why are we providing any training or any sort of service uh, to uh, Chinese police uh, entities? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I suppose the greatest fear uh, may have, you know, if the allegations uh, um, are proving uh, the greatest fears that many had, uh, you know, from criminologists to, you know, police officers such as Kashid, uh, he was very upset about uh, um, from hearing about what uh, the JIBC had done. Um, and to note, I would just note that uh, the JIBC told me today that they they very much share the international concerns about China's alleged intimidation of dis- dissidents. Uh, living outside of China, that's a, that's a quote from them. So um, they did they did shut that down. Um, and just to clarify, Shangji uh, Sheng, there were two indictments last week. One was the uh, the people running the police department yes. um, in New York, and they there's connections to uh, Canadian police stations allegedly um, within those indictments. Um, I think in Shen one was, case, correct me if I'm wrong. One of, in one of those cases, they had visuals or pictures of the uh, 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 apparently yeah. a police station, Chinese police station here in Vancouver. Pictures of it. Yeah, right. And so what Cheng was doing, so in, a, in another indictment, um, what this has to do with uh, what she was doing. She, she's a 26 year old now, so she was about 20 when she went through JBC. Um, she was operating operating a troll farm. Um, basically uh, intimidating it was a cyber crime uh, activity uh, intimidating uh, US residents uh, who expressed his views uh, contrary to the PRC's I guess uh, uh, narratives um, and she actually is with the the Chinese secret police now she's with the first bureau um, which is whose mandate is to suppress free, free speech um, against uh, any sort of government dissident or, or whatnot so um, that that uh, that sort of um, was the fear that uh, you know entity you know people like this would come through that institute and then and then go on to uh, commit um, 
uh, these sort of crimes against, uh, you know, Canadians, if, if not Chinese citizens themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, ultimately, I think you, your article raised every issue. It's the moral question, but, and it may not be state secrets, but even when we give them insights into how our law enforcement works, uh, what doesn't mm-hmm. work, how uh, the, the, the inside of the system works, you're giving them intel, you're giving them um, opportunities as to uh, to find openings in our system, whether it be harassment of residents uh, or working in and around the system, uh, it, it it seems like whatever uh, thinking there was at that time about openness and, and working together, that's all just gone away now, as, as it probably should, because I can't think of any one British Columbian or Canadian that would be supportive of it today, of that program. No, uh, the, the, the reaction was quite swift and uh i didn't i certainly didn't get anyone defending the program uh in my inbox in my email inbox um and and yeah you know ultimately at the you know um uh, you know the end of the day uh the the real victims here are, are you know are the chinese uh immigrants who come here and you know in these indictments it shows uh what chen was up to allegedly um, one example was uh, disrupting a pro-democracy activist uh, efforts uh, to commemorate uh, uh, Tiananmen Square massacre in one American city. Um, we see uh, similar pro-democracy groups in Vancouver get disrupted um, and harassed uh, on the streets by by individuals who may or may not be uh, uh, waving Chinese flags uh, connected to the consul um, here in Vancouver, the consulate. So. So it, it does raise a lot of questions. Um, there's a lot that we don't know, of course, too. Graham, thank you so much for your time. Incredibly enlightening. I think people uh, sometimes need to hear all these stories over and over again because it does connect the dots a little bit in regards to what we do here. It can have impacts on other parts of the world as well. Thanks so much for your mm-hmm. time. Thanks, Jess. Take care.